Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of Board Chitless. I'm Lecky, and this week I'm joined by... Sam. And Tristan. And we've been playing Thanos Rising. Thanos Rising. It's a cooperative dice chucker, really, for two to four players. It plays in about 45 minutes, and it's by USAopoly, obviously licensed by the little-known comics company Marvel. Who? Marvel. Um, we should point out this was kindly supplied to us by USA Opoly. Yeah, thank you very much for uh, providing us with a review copy. Send us more stuff. Oh, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we played a quick game of it today. Tristan's been playing a few more games in the um, past. Yeah, I've played two of these games before with the family uh, to just to learn the rules. Like, um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Raphael loves it. He wants to play it all the time Francesco even got involved which was Ooh. nice so um, but we got absolutely mercilessly crucified both times that I played it before you guys arrived and then yeah. as soon as the gamers got together we actually um, showed Thanos where to go we were the Captain Marvel to your Nick Fury potential endgame spoilers I think it was more like Captain Skin of Your Teeth the way we won this one I'm still going to take it a win's a win <laughs> Okay, we're jumping ahead a little bit. Um, that's my fault. So, um, so the game, you are playing the roles of the Marvel Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff. Uh, so you take on, I was Captain America, so I was I had the Avengers base. Uh, lucky was. I was um, Doctor Strange. I always want to say Jonathan Strange, but that's a completely different character. Uh, it was Doctor Strange at the Sanctum Santorium. And Sam... Was. I was Black Panther at Wakanda. Wakanda. Wakanda forever. So um, so you're those guys, and um, you have to try and stop Thanos, the massive figure of Thanos in the centre of the table, from snatching all the Infinity Stones. And to do that, you have to travel to three different districts, which he alternates his attacks through. Yeah. Uh, and each of those districts has three cards to try and collect or destroy. And they're either villains yep. or heroes. So you, at the start of the game, you're trying to build up, like buy heroes, basically. Yeah. Uh, and at the end of the game, you're trying to kill villains. So you need to defeat seven villains to win. And you can lose if you have 10 heroes die or if Thanos collects all the Infinity Stones or if one player is, has all of their dudes wiped out. And the actual gameplay itself, you take your turn, you roll to see what Thanos does. He collects some stones or tries to. Then he attacks a whole bunch of people and puts damage tokens all over the place. Uh, and then you get a go and you have to roll your multicolored dice to try and match the symbols and either the heroes to collect them yep. or the villains to bash them. Yeah. And it, with varying results, you really, as a good dice throwing game would have. Yeah. And there's a nice bit of dice allocation in there as well, isn't there? So. Each there's about four different colours of dice. They've all got the same symbols on, except each different colour has a different six. So you get double, uh, double that symbol, yeah. And so you can work out like the green mystic dice are going to give you more mystics. The red smash them up dice are going to give you more blasts. And then it goes on blue on, tech on, dice and, and black then, cosmic. Yeah, dice. so it works out really well because it it falls into the um, backgrounds of the hero. So like Doctor Strange has his green mystic dice. Um, I think Star Lord had his red dice, didn't he? And Black Panther had his tech. Yeah, and it just it just works really nicely. And you f basically throw all your dice in one big go, and then you apply them to a card to either buy it or to attack somebody. But once you've allocated dice onto a card, you have to then re-roll all the remaining, which gives it a nice little bit of freshness, doesn't it? Thinks 
maybe I can get better roles and it makes you think twice about what card what dice you actually do allocate. Yeah. So um, I noticed that once or twice my decisions about what card I was going for in terms of buying them changed halfway through a go because what the right roll. dice came up. Yeah. yeah. But it always so considering it is like a dice trucker, it does feel like there are decisions to be made. Like you say, on the hoof, you have to sort of yeah. react to, oh, I was going to actually try and get Hulk on board, but actually now I'm going to smash that villain instead. Um, but all of them are sort of in um, fun things to do because if you hit a villain, you might not kill them that round. You might just do one point of damage to it, but when you do a point of damage to a villain, you get a bonus token card, which can be used on anybody's go. And invariably, it seemed with between the three of us, we were all using them on other people's goes to yeah. try and sort of help them out, which was kind of a cool sort of cooperative element to it. Um, and when at the start of the game, you will have a couple of turns where you'll crap out, you know, you roll badly and you're like, oh man, I can't get anybody. Um, but towards the end of the game, as you build your character pool and stuff, you get more and more dice, but you also get each hero that you get has their own... Uh, unique abilities yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So you get healing abilities, dice manipulation abilities. Um, so you can you, you roll a blast, you can change it to any side sort of thing, any symbol, and that. And all yeah. of a sudden, you've got tons of options. You know, before you know it, the key each off here quite nicely. Um, I had like the Helmdelm card. Heimdall. Heimdall. Blah blah. Idris. Idr- Idris Elba, <laughs> yeah. the blind guy looking after everyone, and he um, <coughs> he was like a mystic character, so he. Because he was like a green sort of character, he meant I could throw an extra green dice if I wanted to. And then because I had that extra chance of getting two mystics, if I got them, I could put them on him and immediately he can um, hurt an enemy anywhere, which is brilliant. So it's like self-fulfilling prophecy really of have this extra dice. If it comes out well, you know what you're going to do with it. And and because of the way that some of the cards will give you an extra dice to roll, you usually get a choice between two sorts of sets or it'll be more of a um, support like transport or something so it'll help you heal people or it'll help you damage people um because they're kind of it's really well mixed up with what those abilities do even though tristan had about 10 heroes on his squad he was still limited to about how many like seven dice <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> very go, limiting didn't go <laughs> t- as mental as it maybe could have done me and sam were much more um efficient with who we were buying and when economical we? economical that's the one yes <laughs> Yeah, your your side looks very economical by the end, Sam. But you were contributing the most bonus tokens because you had yeah, I had, what you... I had Falcon. So every time I damaged a villain, I got an extra bonus token. So, so early on, it became more valuable for you to hit villains than get heroes. Just just hit and run away, which meant that you were like uh, getting tons of bonus tokens yeah. and then helping me and Lucky get stuff. And then a bit later on, I got Shuri as well, who I could use a one dice to give us to draw extra bonus tokens just for the sake of it um and again so it was i I just thought you were cheating that's why you had so many bonus tokens it was (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah it became more like i was a support role so i was helping you guys to defeat villains and get more heroes and better heroes by giving these tokens constantly yeah i think it really worked though i think it became a lot more cooperative on the back of that than any of us anticipated the game being early on. I think so, yeah. It very much starts out like, oh, well, I'm just rolling dice and see what happens kind of thing. And then um, sort of within five to ten minutes, you really have to strategize with with each other, even to the point of, I want that guy because if I get him, he'll trigger 
uh, like Captain America likes uh, red and blue guys or whatever. So I need a red or a blue guy. But then you'll be like, well, I need the blue guy because that'll key off this thing that I've got. And you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'll go here then and hit the villain instead. And, and all of a sudden there's a bit of sort of almost bartering back and forth about what's the best to do. And then sometimes you just roll the dice and you stare at them and like, help. <laughs> like I was like relying on you two to point out, uh, well, you could hit that villain. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and by the end of it, when you're rolling fistfuls of dice and you've got bonus tokens to add in as well, and then other support hero abilities, yeah. if you're lucky, you can go into a sector and in, in each of the three sectors, there's three cards. And if you're lucky, you can like hit one of the cards and buy the other two cards. And that's like a real cool move. But, you know, if you compare to in, early on in the game when you potentially have a turn where you, you do crap no, out and roll I, nothing. I did a couple of times. Yeah. Well I, th- well, I think we all had a turn where you like, nothing happened sort of thing. Um, but, uh, well, except that Thanos is still doing his stuff. Like that's yeah. constantly happening. Uh, but then by the end of the game, everything feels, it feels like you're more empowered, but it feels more perilous as well. So I had like 10 characters or something by the end. It was crazy. Eight, eight or 10. It was 10, wasn't it? Was, it? it was about 10, I think. Nine, 100. <laughs> and, um, and it felt like, oh, I've got tons of cool abilities. But then I was terrified of those abilities, which are like the active player deals one damage to all of his heroes. Because for, for you, it would have been like put three damage down. For me, it would have been like, everybody's dead. Like the whole <laughs> universe sort of thing. And that that could literally have ended the game. And by the time we did approach the end of the game, all of my characters were severely damaged and we were we were being very frugal with the healing abilities because we had you had a few tokens that could remove damage from heroes other than that it was the ships it was like heal one damage off one one. hero yeah Um, (laughs) so that so my temptation in games like this my temptation is always to use the stuff when you get it Um, but actually we were really hanging on to it because you can have a hero take full damage and then use an ability towards the end of the turn to save him from death effectively yeah um so i managed to avoid the sort of temptation to just use the healing now you know and and make my captain america look good and remove all those horrible red cubes from him um and just hang on to the point where we were actually going to lose heroes and then just use those tokens to bring them back from the dead and that really saved us turn after turn uh to the point where we had i think five dead heroes by the end of it we could have had a lot more i think there would have been a lot more carnage if we hadn't carefully allocated where the healing was going to go Oh, yeah, easily. It was sacrificing the healers as well yeah. to keep the other stuff alive, yeah. which seemed really counterproductive, but it was the only way to give you the dice that you needed. That's the other thing. So the healing ability sounds great, but if you lose, like, like he was going to lose yeah. Dr. Strange a couple of times, and if you'd have lost him, you lose an extra dice from your dice pool, and that yeah, would have been was, devastating. They were just literal band-aids, weren't yeah. they? They were really useful early game, nice and cheap to pick up, but then just useless by the time Thanos really gets going. Yes, because he's doing that as well. So that's the other thing is we're all building our stuff, He's collecting his infinity stones, and at first you're just like, oh, he's just putting counters down, leaving yeah. two. But then when he collects them, each one of them uh, gives him an ability, yeah. which triggers off the villains in play, and also can really screw you over. So you, if, just if you leave like that the real infinity stones, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not real, Sam. They're still just made up. Lies. <laughs> <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> challenge has been set. So, uh, but yeah, at the end, he had like three or four Infinity Stones, that, which meant that every time he acted, he did something awful. Like uh, you can't use bonus tokens, or you can't use healing. Yeah, or off, everybody takes a damage. Or... Fast track to the end of the game. Yeah, and so it, it, exactly. The, the time stone meant that every Infinity Stone that had the least amount of um, tokens on him. So, if there was like three stones that had two tokens on, they all got an extra token. 
So after about three turns of rolling greens on the Thanos dice, we were like one turn away from death at any moment. Yeah. Yeah. And then when those bonus tokens came in that... Um, removed or, or abilities yeah. you were triggering some abilities that removed the uh, progress from his infinity stones yeah. and they were lifesavers because they again they kept, kept the, the tide of doom yeah. back yeah. but they also um, gave Thanos enough time to kill off a load of heroes yeah. so we thought it was going to be the infinity stones that ended the game unless we won which looked quite doubtful um, because there was only about three dead heroes by the time we are up to about most of the infinity stones but then we managed to watch out for the infinity stones but then the graveyard filled up and it was just like, we just, I didn't see us winning it until we, um, I think you had this glorious sort of turn where you just kind of um, emptied out one of the districts and that then Sam it. killed about two enemies and I managed to just come in and mop up and <laughs> murdered a final sort of like uh, minion. Yeah, we went from like no villains dead to like five Dil- villain, Dylans, Dylans found <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, yeah. Yeah, in a couple of turns, which felt really good. It, it felt, felt like really, really good, yeah. empowering and superheroic. Ga- yeah, the game still made you like sort of fight for it. It took about four turns to kill the like, required um, baddies. Yeah, even it when we, we thought we were up to speed, it still it still took some time out to yeah. sort of get get it to, together and yeah. kick it. That's it. I really like this game. Um, it sort of feels very sort of midweight, but what I do love about it is it's the first board game I've ever played that sticks to its promise of playtime. I think it's oh, like yeah. 45 minutes pretty much on the nose. Yeah. And the I think it's probably the Infinity Gauntlet progression timer dice rolling mechanic that keeps it in check yeah it's nicely presented components are pretty cool the uh dice and yeah gemstones and and the art and everything fits the yeah the other thing i'd say is as well we are fairly reserved bunch of british gamers who don't often wear our hearts on our sleeves during play but there was definitely points today where we were whooping like little girls when we rolled the right symbols rolling, rolling sixes always feels great <laughs> yeah my one thing like i really enjoyed it um the components most of them i felt were really good but i was i'm i don't suffer from any color blindness at all but i was having real difficulty oh, telling the blue, the blue and green blue and green on the card like the dice you can easily yeah. tell but on the cards it said like take a blue or a green and i couldn't tell the difference between them it was really difficult and on the infinity stone dice the difference between the red and the purple they were very similar as well um yeah, yeah i had to well, sort of I flick th- back and forward to check which one was which when i'd, I'd got it um and the I- only other thing was um the thanos model the giant thanos in the middle like i it didn't add anything it was just the way it was facing and i don't think the quality of it was really good enough to warrant what it was i mean you don't like the toy it it did it didn't feel fitting like (laughs) (laughs) the quality of it it didn't feel fitting remind me the name of the game again (laughs) who's rising In my opinion, it's completely out of place. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. If we're looking from like a miniatures manufacturing quality <laughs> point of view only, <laughs> then yeah, it's a bit weird that everything else is card based and then you've got this like statuette just in the middle of the table. It's just the component quality. The idea of Thanos is fine. It's the quality <laughs> of it is just not really up to par with the rest of the component quality. Yeah, the, the, like the molding's not too fantastic and it's a bit of a weird paint job isn't it no man it looks a bit like josh brolin to me yeah it, it's, it's good it's good enough and when you consider that's what i mean <laughs> but when you consider sort of like um like 
other board games that lean heavily on like movie IPs and video game IPs. It's a lot more than you could really expect from some of the other ones. Um, it's better than like a big cardboard standee. I think it adds a bit of theatre to the game. Um, considering with like the dis- like you've got three sort of districts, which I suppose represent the different dimensions like Thanos was jumping through in the actual movie, and the fact that he's just literally turning to face them, it just it it just gives you something else to do rather than just having a tableau of cards out flat on the table. You're kind of putting them around somewhere. It's a bit like the tree in Everdell. It's serving a purpose, but it's completely manufactured, like gimmicky sort of thing. Very much gimmicky, but I, it's, I do think there what is, else is it going to be. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but I think there's a definite like you have to roll to see which way he goes at the start of each turn. Yeah, and when you're flying out, you you pick a segment uh, to go to at the start of your turn, and then you will see where he goes. And for me, there's definitely a moment where if he turns towards you. <laughs> You're like, oh man, because now you're gonna put damage on every single yeah. one of your heroes and trigger whatever villain abilities you've got in that sector and hit the heroes in that sector as well. And I think um, I, I get what you're saying, Sam, about the sort of the plastic model and everything. But I think as a way to sort of visualize where he's going and what impact he's having, having like even just rotating that model around to face you, um, I think has a sort of visual impact that. I, I, I guess, how how else would you do it more easily? So. No, I, I appreciate the miniature. I think the idea of it is good. It's just, it's just I, it's, as I say, it's just literally the quality of that and the purely on a component level, which is what I was talking about. It's not really up to par with the other stuff, but that was it. You know, I, I like the idea of it actually facing. Um, it could have been done with a cardboard token and arrow. Yeah, you know, but yeah. I, it's much better what they've done. It's just, I think. It's just it's sort of a. Cheap it, it'd be quite nice to just repaint it, maybe. <laughs> You're welcome to, Sam. <laughs> Except I'm terrible. <laughs> Not as terrible as me. Still talking um, about painting. Yes. Um, what do you think about how the theme works with the actual gameplay? Great. Sorry. Um, a brief pause there while we pass the microphone around. Uh, microphone poppers. Um, in terms of like the theme, I think it fits really well. It's it, essentially it's um, some really simple mechanics for a board game with the Marvel um, Avengers in Thanos Rising sort of um, IP slap, slapped all over it. You could change this to pretty much anything else. You could have it being some soldiers in um, a war. You could have it being um, a load of kids out on an adventure. You could make this Stranger Things and have it as the um, Demigorgon and have all the characters as Stranger Things characters in it and then like demi-dogs and stuff. You could change it pretty much to whatever you wanted and the game will still work excellently. Um, the, the theme is very much skin deep on this, um, but it's a board game based around a movie and you're always going to be very rigid with what you can actually get away with for the theme. So it would be nice to change a few bits around, but I don't think they could, especially like lightness rights and stuff. It'll be interesting to see what you're kind of bound to from the point of view of a publisher. Um, but yeah, I, I thought like the game, the game doesn't try to outstep the theme and vice versa. The theme doesn't try and promise anything that the game can't deliver. Yeah. I, the one thing with the theme is, I didn't feel like I was playing as the heroes who were on my team. So it, it was just working out what dice I had and what abilities it was. And it was almost like I didn't really feel those characters coming through. And the cards are great. They're really like, I love the the imagery on them, the picture on them. They're really quite good, brilliant representations. I think some of them are even just photographs almost, if not all of them. Um, 
but I didn't feel like I had Falcon flying around with me and I didn't feel like I was Black Panther. It just that bit was missing for me. Um, so although mm. they were really great and the art was really cool and everything, I just I didn't feel like I was those people. Thanos was right there in the middle. And again, maybe it was the, the miniature having that. You knew you were fighting him and you could see the heroes in the middle. You knew what you were going for. But when they joined your party, it was almost like, okay, these are just my dice now. Yeah, yeah. These are the abilities I've got at the bottom. That's what I'm interested in. I didn't, yeah, and maybe that's just a personal thing. I don't know. It's well, it's a light game, isn't it? I suppose to, to you would have to have a much deeper game experience to inhabit the role of Black Panther or whatever, wouldn't you? And a, a list of abilities that are representative of him. Whereas this is literally each character has one ability. Uh, each of the leader characters has more health. Um, in fact, most I think all of the leaders are. If you get another hero that matches this color, get another dice. Yeah. So um, certainly I could see how you'd say, I don't feel like I'm playing as Iron Man or whatever. Um, but I think with a game like this, like Seven Wonders, in Seven Wonders you build a civilization, but actually it's simple matching and yeah. pretty pictures and stuff um, and quick gameplay. I think to have a light, quick gameplay that gives you a sense of what's happening rather than, uh, a drilled down deep like RPG style experience of playing out a specific superhero battling a specific villain. Um, you would have to go a lot deeper and have much more abilities and longer gameplay and everything else. Whereas this is very much, it's 45 minutes. You're not going to spend the whole night playing it, but it's a great way to set up the evening or to play on your lunch break. And yeah. it fills that sort of middle ground gap of, uh, I've got less than an hour to yeah. do something. And- it, it feels like a more of like a sort of very family centric sort of like training game. Um, suggests on the side of the box 10 years plus um and raphael's been playing it it's like just a, a bit short of that sort of range but eight years old eight years old yeah but he easily he's a the gamer's son though that's chance. it he was you know <laughs> no chance whatsoever he's doomed to geekdom yeah so this would be a great one for like um families with some young children you want some that sort of light to play easy to learn but then something that they can maybe pick up and play while you're making dinner or something. Yeah, and uh, dead accessible for people who perhaps like Marvel um, but don't play board exactly, games. Exactly, yeah. As an entry point, it's not ti- overly complex. It's tied directly to that market, isn't it? This is going to sit in Waterstones, Barnes & Noble, and someone's mum who knows that their kid likes you know, Marvel might pick it up thinking, oh, great for a rainy day or whatever. Yeah. Price tag, I've just been looking up, it's about £40 out in the shops. Which probably points again that big miniature in the middle is maybe a way of trying to and the IP trying to justify that price tag. But again, for forty pounds for a couple of decent afternoons gameplay, you know, fairly standard price for board games. Yeah, we're pretty hardcore gamers, and it entertained us for like forty-five minutes. We would probably played another game if we had time for it. How long did it take you to grasp the rules for two turns? Literally was wasn't it? Yeah, I was like, I'll play a turn. This is how it goes. What were you doing for that other turn then? I was, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've got a lot of sleep to catch up on now. He's had a baby, Sam. Well, Remember babies? Well, you know. Like the one you've got? Uh, oh, yeah. Helen had a baby. I just kind of spectated and helped. This is not what I was told at all. <laughs> but, um, yeah, in terms of the theme, though, like, um, judging Sam's point back up, it very much is sort of, like, sided on Thanos. Like, the when the theme comes to life, it's when Thanos turns to his henchmen in one sort of... Um, area and turns them all on and then they just run absolute riot against all your heroes yeah um which is quite fun and, and the harder villains are way harder yeah it's like the standard uh general outriders I think they're called the henchmen type dudes will sort of uh, rain havoc on their area 
Whereas there's some brutal, like uh, Ebony Moore and those other yeah. tougher dudes will just ransack the game. And It's four horsemen. Yeah, we basically are, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, and if and the temptation is to let them just go and do their own thing because they've got like three health boxes, which means three turns worth of degging on them to try yeah. and kill them. But if you do leave them to it, like we were doing, they cause extra infinity tokens yeah. to be placed and all that kind of stuff. And they can really uh, wreck your game if, if you don't stay on top of them. And in fact, by the time we started attacking villains, we were f- pretty much forced into it. There was, if if we had carried on just picking up heroes instead, we would have been in trouble sharpish, I think. I think that was a bit of a look at the draw, though, because we had the situation where one district was just henchmen. Like, three villains, wasn't it? Yeah. So Only because we bought the heroes from it. No, that's how it started. It started the game with three villains? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but, so we were going to the other ones to try and get heroes, whereas I think if there had, by the look of the draw, been more even distribution, you could have been putting damage on it whilst collecting heroes at the same time. Yeah. Um, so it would, you'd have felt like you're doing damage to it all the time, but, and it would have also been much less of an impact when he did face that way. But on the other hand, when he wasn't recruiting his villains into his schemes, it almost bought you more turns. Yeah, although there is certain symbols, aren't there, that come up where he activates villains that aren't even in his district. Yeah. yeah. And those are those will crucify you as well. There was, um, yeah, some of them would um, activate out of turn. But then one of the horsemen had this really awful ability where he um, responded as though Thanos was in that area as well. So if you were in the area with this particular horseman and then Thanos activated him, then he'd all of a sudden turn around and be like, yeah, but it's like Thanos is here and then start attacking you. Yeah. And you were just trying to like pick up, you know, like a war machine or something in the corner. You remind you of business. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. And all of a sudden you're just getting absolutely annihilated. So it's like I said, it's an easy game to play. It's easy game to pick up, but you're constantly managing what health all your characters have, which characters you're going to try and pick up. And more importantly, which villains you're probably going to try and destroy as well. It doesn't feel like an easy game to win. No, no, no. Um, but the only suggested alternatives like in the rules, the variants, are all to make it harder. So uh, maybe we're doing something wrong. Although we did win. We did actually. We did, yeah. Out the win. And it felt like we could have lost it at any time. Yeah. It was just our pure, like, tactical brilliance and great game management Genius that won it for us. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> for um, for a 45-minute short game, going back to the theme point, I would say yeah. the theme comes across really well for me. For, it, oh, yeah. it says that Thanos Rising is literally you what know what doing. You know what you're getting yeah, into. Chucking a bunch of superheroes at him, um, using dice to see what they do. Yeah. I think individually, yeah, for me, there's a, a thematic disconnect between I've rolled a blast symbol um, and therefore I'll match that to that villain but yeah. the upshot of your turn um, once you've done all those little effects and stuff is cool I've got Groot and I killed Ebony Moore yes yeah. you know and it's those kinds of things where you're just like yeah I feel like I've done a cool thing and then when you're helping each other out as well you know and like he's got a forlorn face because he's finally rolled his last die <laughs> and he can't allocate it and he's not going to get anything this turn and then Sam's like I'll give you a tick symbol and you're like yes I can yeah, get chips in. whoever you know Iron Man or whatever that's it. So, like um, it was alluded to earlier with like some of the colours chosen for like the dice, um, and and the actual Infinity Stones. Yeah. Although I'm pretty sure they have to sort of they follow in the movie, it, yeah. yeah. Um, but like the tech symbol, for example, it like it's obvious once you see it, it looks like the Tesseract, and that's cool. But 
me and you thought spiderweb. spiderweb straight away so it's like where's spiderman so this... oh he's in there by the way yeah we yeah, yeah, yeah. and they say that iron man didn't turn up as well well that's the thing as well what we maybe got halfway yeah the deck but it was cool so there's a lot of variety in not necessarily the setup because there's only four main heroes that you'll start with but the actual card time. play but in the cards that come out and like sam said you you could have a you could start with a set that's full of villains, or yeah. you could start with entire just just heroes to take it easy for a few turns, you know, until he starts bringing in his henchmen. So uh, there's plenty of variety in um, how the setup goes and how the gameplay plays out, and how and that variety is going to be dependent on which strategies you pursue, whether or not you want to go for those specific yeah. heroes or these specific villains, or you want to yeah uh, trigger off certain abilities that you have like sam was a fighter like going in getting extra bonus tokens and stuff like that um so that that's nice for a light a game knowing that you're going to get a different yeah setup and layout each time there's a lot, lot of replayability in it there's more characters that we're going to get exposed to if we play again more of, um locations that imagine in terms of like your base camp and all the modifiers that we got there was um loads of um, extra buffs where if you get four of your particular sort of dice rolls and your first chuck of the dice, you do mega cool. Yeah, thing. you get like an extra bonus token or something, or you get to heal somebody. Although I can't forget nice. to use man. Oh, use I, trigger, I, I never. I was healing up a little bit yeah. once in the whole game. I never once powered mine up. Did just roll four of the same? No. It probably <laughs> happened, but we just forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, we just we were too busy fixating on War Machine or who's going to pick up what. Yeah, I would say for a lighter game, this is one I'd be keen to play again. Um, oh, definitely. There's not many light games like that. Seven Wonders I love playing, uh, but we've got a ton of expansions for that now, and each one changes it up. Um, I don't know how you do an expansion for this. Maybe just add more Marvel heroes or villains or whatever. Um, you'd probably just release Endgame. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's, let's face it, it's not the sort of board game where they're going to be making. Yeah. <laughs> You wouldn't expect nor really think anyone would ever bother making expansions. Maybe there'll be some homebrew sort of expansion stuff that people might put in, but yeah. it's very like, you know... It's it, also literally called Thanos Rising Avengers Infinity War, so yeah. it's tied directly to that yeah. movie rather than to an ongoing sort of campaign system. Or... I suppose the, the one thing they could do is redo some of the characters as the starting characters. As the dusty versions. Mm. <laughs> but no, like, so we could have taken some of the other ones like Black Widow or something and given her the extra health and stuff and made her a starting character. Yeah. With a, a base. ability and stuff. Yeah, like Russia or something, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, that'd be one way, but it wouldn't change anything. It'd just be a few extra characters. Shuffle them in. Yeah. But extra villains, maybe. Did you play it again, Sam? Yeah. Yeah, purely. As I say, my only my only drawback has purely been the, a couple of the components. So yeah, which, which one again? <laughs> the the colours of the dice, big time. The blue and the green. <laughs> it's not. It's just that, that miniature. Just well, it's not really a miniature. It's about three Bigature. inches tall. <laughs> the maxiature. Yeah, yeah. The maxiature isn't floating Sam's boat quality wise. Um, what do we think now? It's Hulk came out in this. And no Bruce Banner. Like, have they seen Avengers Infinity War? <laughs> <laughs> mm, mm, maybe some overlap in the timeline with Ragnarok. Potentially, potentially. <laughs> or, or Endgame, you know. Yeah. I'm assuming if Hulk doesn't turn up in Endgame, it's going to be serious disappointment. Hulk did turn up in Infinity War very briefly right at the start. So, you know, give him some credit. It could have been Loki in disguise, though. Oh, conspiracy theory. Ooh, Ooh. That's a very strange conspiracy theory. I, hashtag... Loki was actually there at that time. Of, no. 
yeah. But there's that, there's that fanfare, isn't there? Potential spoilers here if you've not seen Avengers Infinity War go out by a DVD player. As if you haven't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but Loki could have been Bruce Banner in disguise. Ooh, Bruce Banner could have been Loki in disguise even. That's what people are saying. I'm not saying they're people right. have a lot of time on their hands. I've got a lot of time on my hands. Don't tell my to boss. To investigate the fan theories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> time I could be spending. Some fan theories. Editing podcast. Yeah. He's literally making it right now. <laughs> <laughs> like he's putting it out there. It's fan theory off. So if you want to listen to my new podcast, Crackpot Theories. <laughs> okay. Bruce Loki Banner. Yeah. But yeah, like I think we've all said it a few times. Fun game. Light game. Decent. Just about worth £40, you reckon? I'd probably part with that cash if I was buying this as a gift or putting it in my collection I think you have to be a fan of the theme um, yeah. but I don't know a person on planet earth that doesn't like Marvel um, that isn't lying to themselves <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no you, you have to get into the theme you have to at least see the movie um, but providing you tick that box there's a lot of fun to be had here I think the £40 is probably a bit pricey if it was a non-gamer just a miniature I, I no, I, I just mean like if you know if you, like you were saying earlier, if someone was buying it as a gift for their son because they loved uh, Marvel, their their son or daughter, it, forty pounds is a lot of money for for something if you don't know what it is. Yeah. So from a gamer's perspective, I think it's good value for money for us wanting to play it again. But if you're just looking at the theme and going, oh, I'll just buy this as a gift, it's kind of it goes a bit pricey. To put it in perspective, I picked up the Alien Legendary expansion today. The expansion, not the game. Yeah. And that was 40 quid. Yeah. And also, that's, that's some extra well, that, cards. That's amazing. <laughs> You've not played yeah. it yet. It's literally in a box over there. Scra- Scrabble. It'd be awful. <laughs> but it's alien. True. Scrabble and Monopoly would probably set you back, what, about £30 these days? Um, you know, and that's just financially. That doesn't even cover the emotional side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not, it's not, not too... It's not too bad a price tag, and I'd probably think that, you know, flip on it said, hardcore gamers would probably struggle to find £5 worth of value more than a casual person off the street. That's what I mean. So from a gamer's perspective, it's good value for money. I just meant someone just looking at it who isn't. It suddenly looks like a, a lot of price for what you're actually getting. No, I think the opposite. I think someone that, like, you know, is really into games would think, oh, but the components and this, and it's only that big miniature maybe that you're paying for, you know, putting the designer's time and effort aside. Whereas a casual person will be like, oh, £40, that's cheaper than a PlayStation game. Maybe I'll pick that up, you know, just sorry, just be obtuse and Fair argumentative. <laughs> but, I'll agree to save an argument. Yeah, but it's not, It's um, let's face it, it's not expensive, is it really? In the, t- in the world of board games, like Tristan was saying, it's not like £90 for a huge box that you can't even fit in the back of your car. <laughs> yeah, I love that. As a kid say. <laughs> and this was Thanos Rising. Yeah, yeah, great fun. Um, so I think we'll end it there if you're agreeable. Um, we, the we miniature. Did... <laughs> <laughs> we did play another game, but we want to play it more before we chat about it on the podcast because I love it and you guys need to play Teasers. More. You're going gonna to tease it a little bit more. We're going to have to... I'll, I'll do a sound effect to give people an idea of what, we, what it is. Go on. That's disgusting. <laughs> if you do that on a not live podcast. I'm not going to edit it out though. I respect your journalistic integrity. Um, if you can guess what game Tristan is alluding to, I'll give you a clue. It's a board game. Then please send in postcards to PO Box. Why are we still listening at Budgetless? Um, yeah, we'll be back hopefully very soon and with another podcast. So we'll see you then. 
for me. It's Happy goodbye. New Year. Happy New Year. Yes. First of the year. First podcast of the year. Fun, fun, fun. Bye-bye. I'm still talking. Why am I still talking? Bye. 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 Bye.